I don't know where all my time went I don't know how to define it So tell me how do I fight it When it feels so wrong It's on the tip of my tongue It's every line in this song The little things have been with me all along Hi everyone! Hello. If you did not listen to the previous episode, um, episode 133, we really, really recommend you do so before continuing. Um, but I am, a, I am going to school. She's at preschool. And, uh, I am learning a lot of things. I've already learned a few things that, uh, I'm actually not going to repeat because, uh, in case you did not listen to the previous episode Spoilers. and you're just blatantly ignoring my advice, <laughs> uh, I don't want to, to spoil you on those things. But I might make, like, inside jokes that you're not going to get if, if you didn't listen to that one. So, so you, you should, should listen, listen to, to it. that one first. Okay. Um... Anyway, welcome to The Usual Bet, an 18 up age play discussion podcast. Every week we make a bet and the loser is in diapers for the next episode. I am the little preschooler and counter-extraordinaire Sophie E. Elizabeth. And I remain, because this is a two-parter, the big sister, Chloe Elizabeth, and the principal of this this preschool. Yep, so basically what's happening, um, we're going to have some other people in our household on to teach me concepts, because Chloe feels as if maybe perhaps I don't know things, but I am suitably proving that I do. You're proving that you can learn things. (laughs) I all right so uh i'm going to uh summon your next instructor okay yes please do all righty i'll be right back okay all right i have here pudding hey hello miss pudding miss pudding yes that's correct she's your instructor all right all right and what are you going to teach her about today we're going to learn about airplanes oh i know everything about airplanes oh i'm so excited to hear what you think you know about airplanes okay (laughs) all right okay teach me so why don't you start with a you explain to me what you think you know about how airplanes fly let's talk about the wings okay there's two of them sometimes there are two of them sometimes sometimes there's more sometimes there are more we have learned that that's stupid and now we are down we're back down to two there is benefits to more than two. But not good enough. Well, that depends. We've uh, decided two two is the right one, and all the other ones are gone. Two is more or less standard. I learned that we burned a plane or something recently, or we bombed a plane, or someone someone blew up a cool plane, and now that's gone forever because it probably had more than two wings. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm sure maybe you heard that. Um... So why don't you tell me how wings work? Okay, so they're on the side of something to help it fly. Uh-huh, and how do they make it fly? Lift. Excellent. Lift is one of four forces involved. Do you know the name of the other three? Force. Almost. Okay. Okay. Fast. Almost. Okay, we have four components to the, the miracle of flight. Okay. So, on you have lift... Uh-huh. Which, uh, it's lift versus weight, and thrust versus drag. Okay, thrust is, is what I said. Y- yeah, but you didn't. I, I was simplifying for the audience. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like it would have been simpler to use the correct term, but... <laughs> no, I don't see how they... The people, listen, they hear that and they're like, what are you putting up my butt to make me mess my diapers? Yeah, you yeah. You thrust it on up there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, so... So I said 
force and fast because that's they can't take those out of context. Okay. I'm adapting to the audience. Maybe you should try it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, it's actually a very interesting thing that, that happens here because uh, in schools and even uh, actually uh, in avionics courses and... Um, is that a real word? Avionics? Yeah. Yes, it is. No. Avionics is aviation electronics. I'm serious. That's not a real word. It's a whole field. What do you mean? Avionics. Okay. There's a whole avionics bay in every plane you've been on. I don't know. This sounds this sounds like this sounds like one of those made up words like okay. like like synergasm. <laughs> and you know, I haven't heard that one. In in sphere. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, everything you know uh, about lift that you might have been taught in school or how planes work is is actually wrong. Uh, oh God! <laughs> the the prevailing what do you mean? Okay, so the prevailing theory of how wings work is the aerofoil. It's a particular shape that yeah. is fat at the front, yep. tapers to skinny at the back. Yep. And what people are taught, which was a uh, uh, from uh, Bernoulli's theory of fluid dynamics, is that because the air on top has to go faster, that means the air on bottom has more upward pressure. Because they have to arrive at the same time. And that's what pushes the wing up. Yeah. So if I tell you what a wing shape is, you have a pretty good idea in your head, right? Yes. It's kind of like a teardrop on its side. Yes. Yes. Except there are planes that have symmetrical wings, top to bottom. There are planes that have that design upside down. There are planes, in well, fact... then they would fly upside down. You would think that. And there are also planes that have wings that are almost sleek and flat. Um, so, Bernoulli's theory of fluid dynamics is a really easy way to explain how planes work, and if we build aerofoils to that specification, they do work. But, because we can build them to many other specifications and they also work, there's a bit of a actual mechanics versus fucking magic going on here. Now, Newton's law, uh, Newton's uh, second conservation of mass? I'm sure Castle will correct me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, is, is also another component that you could use to explain this. And the way you can look at this is if you put your arm out the window of a car mm -hmm. and you tilt your hand... Then your hand goes up, your but hand if you goes tilt up. it down, then your hand goes down. Correct. So that's deflection. That's the theory of deflection. Okay. Now, the reason that, that planes work is probably a combination of the two, but it's important to be taught these as theories. And not theories like, like gravity or, or evolution, but... Theories in that we're kind of sure this is how that works. Um, because we don't really know. Okay. So, if I tell you to explain how airplanes work, and you say, I don't know, you're giving the most correct answer possible. Okay. Any questions? So many. Okay, let's go. Okay, then if the shape of the wing isn't the thing that matters, what matters? So, deflection matters, which is what you see with your hand when you yeah. stick it outside the car window. Like tilting it. This is why fan blades blow air. Not because they're tapered, but because they they're, they're tilted. They're tilted. To, to, to push the air forward. Exactly. Like and, turbines and, and stuff. And we, we see this in helicopters as well. Yeah, um, yeah! Um, and um, on a more interesting scale, uh, in hovercrafts, where they will deflect a huge amount of air downward, and they'll ride on that cushion of air. 
So deflection of air is certainly a part of things. In fact, the the Wright Brothers flyer uh, was predominantly built on deflection. It was very lightweight and it was built on deflection. Um, The modern aerofoil that we we kind of understand now um, wasn't really as well understood then. Okay. So it's very interesting here because everyone has this kind of perception of how it works. In fact, if I asked probably any 100 listeners of the show they would tell me the same answer, that it's a teardrop shape on its side, the aerofoil, the air goes faster, over the top. Okay. So, but uh, it's actually not quite the the whole story. Okay, so what component am I missing? So, you've got your component of of the the, the aerofoil, the aerofoil shape. Right. And deflection. Right. Now, the two of those together can account for most designs of wing and most designs of uh, helicopter blade and, and that kind of thing. Okay. But you can have a perfectly shaped wing, and if you don't have deflection, it won't work. If you have the perfect deflection, but a bad wing shape, they will be inefficient. Um, and what we see is the, the narrower you make the wing, which you see in very fast... Um, planes like the the faster the plane generally the thinner the wing and the thinner the profile okay that performs better high speed whereas the the wing shapes that we're accustomed to the kind of aerofoil the the teardrop shape it works better at low speed okay so the 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 shape definitely has a big component but the deflection also has a big component and we're really not sure why okay so again if someone were to ask you Sophie, how do airplanes work? How do airplanes fly? The answer, I don't know, is the most accurate answer. Uh, what if I instead said um, the uh, deflection of air is what enables flight and the shape of the wing enables efficiency? Yeah, this is what we are working towards now on what is called the, uh, the complete theory of lift. The complete theory of lift combines those two and... Uh, so some other kind of working things at the moment. But this is stuff we could never have isolated back when planes were first being invented because we kind of winged it there, no pun intended, where we're like, okay. Oh, it's a shame because it was a good pun. <laughs> um, where they're like, okay, let's throw this at the wall and see what works. And they literally did that. They literally, you know, tested different designs and um, did things in wind tunnels and in water tunnels and putting very brave pilots in the air and saying, in theory, this should work. But we don't really understand it. So, um, you mentioned there are other forces. So there's thrust and then there's lift, which are the good ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones you're fighting against, which is weight and drag. Weight and drag. That's correct. So weight is just based on like gravity in this case, right? Yes. And like, I guess aerodynamics. Weight. Uh, so aerodynamics will affect drag. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and then... So gravity and the weight of the plane. Okay. Okay. So your lift has to counter the gravity... So deflection is countering kind of the gravity, mm-hmm. and um, then the uh, thrust is counteracting. No, so hold on. Then the the wing shape is is enabling thrust to be efficient against drag. Yeah. So the shape of the wing is a huge thing, um, and we're actually understanding more and more of that nowadays. Okay. Um, not just the shape of the front of the wing, which is called the leading edge, um, which is what we thought That's was the, the biggest thing. That's the fat end. Yeah. Um, but things down to the degree of the wing sweeping. Like if you look at old planes, they have wings that go out straight, whereas modern planes' wings, you know, angle back. 
Yeah. Um, and then one of the big things we're learning about right now is um, you'll see on modern planes, they have, when they get to the end of the wing, they angle up. They're, they're called our winglets. Yeah. And I thought that was for handling. Well, what that actually does is what you, you can get little vortexes form at the edge of the wings, and that helps disperse those. So that means you, the plane is more efficient. Oh, okay. So it's like when you take a paddle and you push it through the water to move like a boat or something, mm -hmm. it, you see the little swirl that happens at the end of the paddle, mm -hmm. and that can be dangerous to the plane? Well, it, it creates ru a rougher ride. It creates more uh, drag. To have to counteract. Oh, because and then the wind would be turning back at the plane, so you would have to counteract that weird wind twist. Mm -hmm. So that's weird. So by literally putting like a big like divider in the the funnel, the uh, the spiral, mm -hmm. it breaks the spiral. That's correct. That's awesome. So you're understanding. Um, Is this literally because I just went kayaking and I just like saw the little paddle and I'm like, whoa, that makes a little a little circle thing. That's so weird. It's actually very interesting because there's a lot of commonalities, as you can understand, between fluid dynamics and aerodynamics because gases perform pretty much the same way. Air uh, is water. Yeah. Air is water, but less. Yes. You can, you water, can... water, if you made less water, but in the same space, that's air. Yeah, we can go with that. We can go with that for now. Yeah. Um... But it's very interesting, because it used to be the thought was more power was the best way to get better plane. More engine, better plane. Which was why... But more engine is more weight. More engine is more weight. So you're going to reach a, a, a cap there, where, like, like there, this has to have, like, some sort of diminishing return eventually, mm -hmm. right? Because the amount of weight that you put on it is going to eventually exceed the amount of lift you can produce based on deflection. That's correct. Um, and, uh, the other thing is, uh, the bigger the engine, the more fuel, the more fuel, the more weight, it's a compounding problem. Okay. Um, so modern planes, um, like, uh, all built around efficiency. Um. That makes sense. Because also you, with like gas being so expensive, you wouldn't want to spend a lot of gas. Exactly. And also the more gas you put on the plane, then that's more weight. And that's going to mean you're less efficient. Exactly. And uh, it, it's actually very sad to see, but two of the biggest airliners in the world um, are kind of fading out of use um, because it will be cheaper and more efficient for the airline to run three or four um, of these smaller planes that are more efficient um, at times that are more convenient for passengers rather than load everyone into one big plane. That's cool. And I honestly, I think I like that more, though, because, like, I... Especially if you could disperse your space a little bit better to make it so maybe the plane is lighter weight but is still, like, a decent size than the, your passengers, which you would have less of, which would mean less weight, then you would also be more efficient. So, actually, this is... Okay, this is interesting. So, if you think about it, the higher the price of, like, jet fuel gets, then the more likely it is that uh, an airliner should instead of packing as many people into a plane as possible, it would be having less people in smaller planes and more flights. Yes, right? that's correct. To make more money, because the the value of the weight of the, um, the fuel itself is going to exceed the value of the passengers added to the plane based on the size. Yeah, and you get to that point, and... 
Uh, the other thing that's going away in turn is you might be used to the hub and spoke system where, you know, you'll fly out of where you live and you want to go somewhere and it will stop somewhere on the way because that's where that airline, that's their, that's their hub. Uh-huh. And they spoke out to different big cities. But with smaller, more efficient planes, we're seeing more of a shift towards point to point. But that's also, that's also a good thing mm-hmm. because with, I know, okay, maybe this is wrong. I assume based on the way fuel works, starting the plane is the least efficient part of fuel use for the flight. So if you can keep the plane going longer or going to a specific place without having to do any layovers, then you're saving a lot of money because you don't have to take off again. Yes, so you're, you're close. It's not the starting of the plane, but it is the taking off. Yeah, it's the, it. the, the fight against drag at the beginning, mm-hmm. trying to create enough lift to get you off the ground means a lot of drag and all that drag is wasted fuel. That That's exactly correct. And you also get additional drag from the wheels contacting the ground. So oh, like being able to friction. Exactly. Okay. All right. So, and this is actually better because if we do smaller planes, but more planes mm-hmm. then point to point isn't so much anymore. Like, Oh my gosh, we're going to not be able to get the flight we need to this place or blah, 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 because they're not flying it because we're going to have more planes to do it. And then the smaller planes, you can have, like, flights to smaller airports because usually the reason airlines don't have flights to bigger airports is because they don't have the passengers to get to those airports and they're wasting a ton of money by sending up half-empty flights. That's exactly right. I like this. So, what have we learned today? I learned that by increasing the cost of jet fuel, the people, the consumers who ride on planes will have less inconvenience more overall space and be happier. That is definitely the theory. Okay. Much like the theory of flight. It's a theory, and we're pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> no one really knows. All right. I'm pretty happy. Pudding, did you pass your class? Yeah, I think she showed a firm understanding of the fact that nobody understands. <laughs> I understand. I, I, right. I came to this class with a trick question for you, and you handled it very well. Yeah. You, I understand everything. I'm going to solve flight. The, right. the Wright brothers? No. The Sophie. That's who's going to solve <laughs> flight. No one's going to think about those rights anymore. They're going to be like, those rights, they're wrongs. Sophie's the new right. <laughs> All right. I'm taking us into uh, your next instructor. Thank you for helping me understand planes. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. All right, we're here with your next teacher. It's... Lyra. Miss Lyra. No, I'm not calling her that. Yeah, are you sure? Are yeah, you sure? No, I'm not calling what her that. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> All right, but she is your teacher for this episode. Man. You know, depending on when this airs, I might have lied about not being on the show next week. Oh, you did. You did. Oh. Okay, no, no, technically, technically, you didn't lie because this is, this is the week after that episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're, sure. you're in yeah. the clear. Yeah, that's how time works. <laughs> Alright, so, what are you going to teach her about? Well, okay. I'm going to teach you about something called the pigeonhole principle. Okay. Is this related in any way to pigeons? Actually, yes. Okay. Do I need to understand birds? No. Good. Do I need to understand flight? No. That's a shame. It actually doesn't really flight. have anything to do with pigeons. But the original concept involves pigeons. Okay. So it's like it's like tangentially pigeon related. Yes, correct. So your knowledge of flight could tangentially come in. Correct. Maybe. Cool. All right, <laughs> Chloe, stop talking. This isn't your class. 
<laughs> I'm the principal. Chloe, get out of the classroom. We're trying to learn. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So the interesting thing is that the pigeonhole principle actually unites sock picking, handshaking, what? and hair counting. Okay, wait. What is sock picking? Well, let me tell you. But first, we're going to explain what the pigeonhole principle wait, is. Wait, I, I need to know what sock picking is. I can't picking escape. The act of picking out socks. Okay, oh. I, I was okay. I so said like those things to be socks. cute. It was like ooh to spark your brain. Like oh, I wonder what these things but do have like in common. But now like picking at your socks. And then I was being like, here's the pigeonhole principle, how it applies to these things. But now like I I can clearly see I've already gone awry. So, I thought that it was when you pick those little fuzzies off your socks, but it's not that. Oh my god. Okay. We we have we have to go back to this. Okay. Okay. P- pigeonhole uh, principle. Princi- yes. Okay. Close so here's the principle. That's, That's correct. Okay, so here's the concept. Pigeonhole Let, Chloe. Let's, <laughs> Is that a good thing? Let's say you have uh, M number of pigeons. Like M it is a letter. Yes. So you ha- the actual numbers don't matter. Like you have some amount of pigeons, right? Six pigeons. Sure. And then you have N cubby holes you want to put them in. N is also a letter. Correct. Zero. A number between the number is between one and um, the number of pigeons you have. Less than Se- oh, so like four. one to five. Three. Sure. So the pigeonhole principle concept means uh, if you want to put a pigeon into a hole, there's going to be at least one hole that has two pigeons in it. Okay, but hold okay. on. Okay. Wait a minute. Your statement is false. Why? Because if I want to put a pigeon into a hole, I would put one pigeon into one hole, and then the other five can do whatever they want. <laughs> sure, but if you wanted to put all the pigeons in a hole somewhere, okay, like they're going to have to overlap principle. because there's more pigeons than there are holes. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. How big are these holes? Uh, Big enough to hold pigeons i do admit i am thinking about birdhouses now birdhouses have those little holes and i never Correct. really thought anything goes into those holes because they're too small for a bird to actually fit in so i'm thinking like if you put one pigeon in there you can't put a second pigeon in there anyway because they're too small okay so this is a total tangent that i'm sure i will regret going on but i mean birds are really flexible that's why magicians like stuff them up like uh sleeves and like all that crap because like they can get like ludicrously small in like ways you wouldn't expect they don't get stuffed up their sleeves yeah, they do. No, they appear like... out of thin air. <laughs> Dummy, don't you know how magic works? No, God, maybe not... I should be teaching a class. Well, I'm not the magic teacher, so I guess You're that's the pigeon fair. teacher. Yeah. You're the bird lady from Home Alone. <laughs> I haven't seen Sorry, Home, Home Alone. Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, uh, okay. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I move on? Yeah, what's the next part? Okay, so the first example is socks. So, let's say you have 10 black socks and 10 white socks. 10 pairs, sorry. Um, 10 pairs of black socks? And 10 pairs of white socks. Okay. And you wake up and you need to put some socks on, but it's really dark. So you can't really see. So you're like grabbing socks out of the drawer. How many socks do you need to make sure until you know for sure you have a matching set? One. One sock? <laughs> yes. Why? Because they're balled up together. What if they're not balled up together? <laughs> Who doesn't ball up their socks together? That's how you keep them together in pairs. What if they're loose? 
Well, who would do that? Mathematicians, apparently. I think they have bigger problems than this principal. I think they have bigger things they need to worry about. They need a therapist. I mean, Why would you make everyone, them harder? Everyone needs a therapist. I don't disagree. Okay. So, you're saying that these socks, for some reason, unbeknownst to mankind, are not paired. Correct. And they're just loosely thrown into a drawer. Yep. Ten... No, hold on. Ten pairs of black socks. No, so 20, 20... No, because they're not pairs anymore. They're not pairs anymore because you're not pairing them together. So there's 20 black socks and 20 white socks. Sure. And now how many do I have to pick to make sure I get the same... At least one pair. Okay. Of the same color. Yeah. Okay. So it's 50-50, right? So if you pull one sock out, then you get... Uh, one sock and one color. Mm-hmm. And if you pull another sock out, then you get another sock and another color. Or the same color. And then if you pull a third sock out, it has to be one of the first two colors. So three. Yeah, that's exactly right. Really? Yeah. That's the... You have three... Like, the socks, right? Are The three socks are your pigeons, and then the two colors are your holes. So you need to have at least three in order to make sure two of them end up in the same hole. Oh, What does that have to do with pigeons? It's the pigeonhole principle. You're, you're stuffing things into other things. Okay, so I'm stuffing the socks into holes? Yeah, the holes are your feet. The holes okay. are your feet. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on. Okay, okay, let's say you're at a party. Okay. And there's some number of people there. Seven. Okay. Um, no, wait, that's a bad party. Eleven. No, that's still a bad party. Fifty. That's too many people. Twenty-two. Uh, t- Okay, sure. Let's say there's 22 Wait, people. Wait, do I count? Yeah. You're going to the party. 23 people, including me. Okay, let's say maybe not everyone knows each other. Right? Is that maybe fair? That is fair. Okay. So, when people know each other in this world, they always shake hands. Right? What if it's COVID? Uh, this is a pre-COVID time. Okay, got it. Okay. So, we can guarantee... So, this is like a rich person party where they say, how do you do? And they yeah, like they t- shake hands. T- yeah. Their hats. And you might even shake hands with your friend as a joke. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, we can guarantee that there's at least two people who shake the same number of, like, sh- shake hands with the same number of people in this group of 23 people, no matter what. Whoa, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I don't think so. Why not? Because you can, you can shake zero hands. Correct. So then, if there's 23 people, oh, they have to shake each other's hand. Correct. So if someone shakes no one's hand, that means you can't also have someone who shakes 22 people's hands. Oh, no, you're right. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Isn't that kind of interesting? That's kind of fun, right? Okay, so if you have a party and... There's someone who shakes zero people's hands, mm-hmm. then there's no one that can shake 23 people's hands. You can't shake because... hands with yourself. Oh. I mean, you could. Okay. I mean... But, okay, but you can't, you can't, you can't have the person that shakes hands with everyone if you have someone who shakes hands with no one. Yes. Okay. All right. So this is really cool. Why do I care? What's the practical perspective on this? I mean, I think there's like other things that matter more i like this is just like an interesting application of the pigeonhole principle 
I promise. There's cool math things, and th there's a reason why we do pigeonhole principle. It's useful for, like, proving a lot of things. Like what? Can this be an open book test? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> okay. Practical app uh, application of pid pigeon thing. Pigeonhole principle. Uh, pigeonhole Chloe. <laughs> okay. Six fun applications of, or no, 16, sorry. I know numbers. 16 fun applications of pigeonhole principle. All right. Um, yeah. Don't read the, the one on hairs. I was going to say that one. Too. Okay. Um, for every 27 word sequence in the United States Constitution, at least two words will start with the same letter. Okay, but that makes sense. New York City, there are two non-bald people who have the same number of hairs on their head. Yeah, I was going to explain that one. Okay, do that one. Okay. I, yeah, go ahead. All right, so that's a fact. In New York City, there's at least two people who aren't bald, in case that's what you're thinking, who have the same number of hairs on their head. Well, even bald people have zero hairs on their head. Sure, so but, like, bald is, match. like, the obvious, like, duh, obviously example, like, no hairs. But, but like, then someone else probably also has no hairs on their head. Sure, but we so can even exclude bald people because it's more interesting to know that, like, maybe in New York City there's two people with exactly, like, 10,754 hairs on their head. That's because the population of New York City exceeds the amount of hairs on one's head on a standard, like, like basis? Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh. Okay, I understand the principle, but I don't understand its application. Sure, um... It's not applicate. I mean, okay, I could be wrong. I'm just a regular layperson. But I mean, I think in general, like it's it's useful to know before you start trying something whether or not you can do it, right? And so, like, because of things like the pigeonhole principle, if we know that it's literally impossible to have a lossless, like, a perfect lossless algorithm that always like shrinks down the input, blah blah blah, then we don't have to even bother trying. So, like, it's, it's, it's good to know, like, the limits of what... It's, like, interesting and good to know the limits of, like, what is what is possible in the world. So that you know, like... Okay, so what you're saying is... When you're confronted with a problem, the pigeonhole principle informs you of the specific impossibilities of the problem before the problem begins. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, I mean, so that and other things, but yeah. So, that doesn't inhibit your solutions to the problem so much as it inhibits the problems. It, it defines parameters. It, it, it shows you what your bounds are before starting, so you your choices that you make within the problem are within the bounds of possibility. So you, when you say you have six pigeons and you have five boxes to put them into and one of the boxes has to contain a minimum of one pigeon or whatever, you're not telling me that, like, I can't put six pigeons in one box. Yeah, I can exactly. have four empty boxes if I want to, or I could put that one extra pigeon in any of the five boxes. And that still allows me all these possibilities to play with. But what you have done is used this, this uh, idea to limit the foundational structure of the problem itself yeah so like, like there's no there's not going to be a way for you to have a no boxes with two two or more pigeons in it 
Right. So you said, you said at the beginning of this, you said, how do you put a pigeon in these boxes? And I said, well, I'll just put one pigeon in one of the boxes and I'll just leave the other ones out. And then you're, you corrected yourself to say all pigeons. And that is like the defining parameter here, right? It's like when you give someone a problem, you need to be able to convey it in terms where they can understand the limitations of the problem outright so they can solve the problem within the bounds of the solution that's expected. Or at least like literally possible. Or literally possible. Right? Like the pigeonhole principle is not just like what would be nice to solve. It's like literally, is it even possible? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you could say easily, well, I'm going to, like, for example, your first your first question out of the two, when you said, okay, well, I've put a pigeon in the thing, I'm like, cool, now I can ba break the bounds of the actual problem itself by just using whatever logic I want to, because I don't have to follow any rules if I technically don't want to. But the pigeonhole principle states that if you follow a set of guidelines, that that set of guidelines inherently restricts you to a limited um scope like it, it 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 creates impossibility so in a way it's like when confronting a problem you need to have the parameters set for you in order to define impossibility and disrespecting those parameters actually makes the problem uh like not like it's not a problem it's just like ignoring it i think i rambled a little there but like, I mean, okay, what I'm saying is the practical practical application to the pigeonhole, Chloe, is that it has to you if you if you're given a set of rules to follow, that set of rules in, inherently creates impossibilities. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Okay. I like that. That's cool. Because like that like it's like it's like if I say I'm going to diaper you tonight, then that could mean I'm going to put you in a diaper, or it could mean I'm going to put you in two diapers, or it could mean I can, I'm going to put you in like a hundred diapers, but ultimately I'm bound by the, the confines of realities, like, like imposition upon this, because eventually I will get to a set, a set size of diaper that I either do not have in my possession, cannot obtain in a reasonable time frame. Um, or physically do not fit around the many, many, many diapers I put on you. So by saying, Lyra, I'm going to diaper you tonight, I'm saying, you know, intrinsically, based because of the pigeonhole principle, you will be in a minimum of one diaper, <laughs> but you also know that the maximum amount of diapers you will be in is not infinite because they all have to fit on you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lyra, does she pass the pigeonhole problem class? Yeah. Flying Colors crushed it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for, for teaching her about the pigeonhole problem. It's a principle, Chloe. It's not a problem. <laughs> All right. Thank you for teaching me that it's that it's a principle, not a problem. Yeah, I thought you were the principal. You really should know better. Yeah. Like, wow. Maybe I'll be principal after this since well, I'm passing yeah, Maybe you'll be demoted. So maybe you'll have to go well, back actually, to school. I'm actually about to be demoted to teacher because I'm your last teacher. Okay, Chloe, so what are you going to teach me? Okay, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to circle all the way back. I'm going to teach you about fruits. I'm going to it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a deeper dive than than what you're expecting. 
But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm bringing it back. I'm talking about fruits. All right, but you do know that now, thanks to me passing every single one of my classes, I don't have to do well in your class. Yeah, I, I do. I can just troll you the entire time. It, it did, it did come up, but I, I think... don't have to take anything that you say seriously because I've already graduated. Okay, so you're good at failing one of your preschool classes. You're happy to fail one of your preschool classes. I actually think you really like this one. We'll see. Alright, I'm gonna throw you I'm gonna throw the hook at you, the the main concept of this lesson. Alright, hit me. Many of the fruits you enjoy and I enjoy in the modern era are clones. Like sheep? Like sheep? They're clones. All of the Granny Smith apples, which I know you really enjoy, are clones of mm -hmm. each other. <laughs> no. Yep. No. They're clones. No. 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 Bananas no. too. No. 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 This is exactly no. the response I no. wanted. No. 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 They're not. Do you want to be educated on this? This is fake. You're you're faking me, and I'm not here for it. Okay, so this I is a, a school. Wait, you need nope, to be nope. honest, and you need to teach I have real a proof. things. I, have I don't a proof. want your fake science here. I want to know real things. <laughs> Do you want proof? Yeah. Okay, so the number one proof. Banana-flavored candy. It doesn't taste like banana, does it? No. Exactly. Why do you think that is? Because you can literally put any flavor into candy and call it something else. Blue raspberries what? don't even exist. It, hey, it used to taste like banana. The banana that it used to taste like that, like your your like grandparents and maybe parents are 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 uh, are think of when they think of bananas went extinct because they are all clones of each other. And when you have clones, they're all susceptible to the same diseases. And one disease wiped out the species of banana we most widely used. It devastated the species. It's gone now forever because they were all clones of each other. Yeah, but listen, a sickness can devastate like entire populations without them being clones, i.e. the past two and a half years of my life. <laughs> you can't say that on a baby podcast. I'm just saying, Chloe, <laughs> this doesn't prove that they're clones. It's a good, it's a good supporting argument. Like, th this happened because they were clones. Do you want me to tell you how they're made so you understand that they're clones? I I'll walk you through this. Okay, so here's the thing, Chloe. I know they're not clones. I know they're not clones because okay. I've seen enough television to know that when something's cloned, it makes an exact copy. Mm-hmm. But I've seen Granny Smith apples. Yeah. They look different. So, that's not the part we clone. What are you... T that's the apple! That's the... <laughs> that's, that's the apple! So, the apple's so, what we're talking no. about! Ready? You're gonna Ready? be like, oh yeah, we clone like a fleck of it or something. No. no. I, it's a whole apple. So... We clone the box but, that but, it's in. <laughs> when we want... When we want to make more apples, what we do... We start growing an apple tree. It doesn't matter what kind of seed. It really doesn't matter. And the reason we do this is you don't know what kind of apple you're going to get from an apple seed. You can get a bunch of different kinds of apples from apple trees, from like the seeds of an apple. They contain the information for a bunch of different kinds, and that's really irritating for apple orchards. So instead of letting the plant grow, they let it start to grow, and then they take a piece of a different apple tree, like a Granny Smith tree, and they fuse them together and graft the new, the Granny Smith tree onto the uh, former whatever it wanted to be plant, and then it becomes a Granny Smith apple tree. And it creates those same Granny Smith apples, and then they do the same thing. They take a piece off that plant, which is the same plant, and put it on another tree. 
and they keep growing the same plant over and over and over again. And it makes okay, okay, but this isn't cloning. That no, no they're no. clones. Chloe, what you're what you're <laughs> describing is just like it's just like it's like presets. You're just describing, like, yeah, instead of making my own Pathfinder 2 character, I'm going to use one out of the box. Like, that's all you're saying. You can't just simplify it down to that. It's a really complicated process, and it results in all of the Granny Smith apples being genetic clones to each other. There's no biodiversity there. But the, there, this, the seeds, the seeds, the seeds. We don't the use the seeds. The things in them. We don't use the you seeds. You just said that the seeds come from the the the, but, but the, that the seed, DNA. But that seed, the DNA's no, got all no, the no, no, apples listen, in it. Listen, that seed never gets to grow a a a a, 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 a apple. We we take the plant that it is growing. And we take the, that original Granny Smith, and it grows on top of the other plant. That plant never gets to okay, grow its own seeds. On. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Are all the apples from the same tree genetically identical? I believe so, yeah. They don't ever but get to... that doesn't make sense, Chloe. Why not? Not everything's like that. People aren't like that. You can have two because, babies come out of the same lady at okay, the same time, but, and they're not genetic clones of each other. <laughs> I even identical twins aren't genetic clones of each other. I aren't they? No, I don't think so. I believe they are, and I believe that's the that's the key principle here. That's that's the the uh, all of the apples are twins of each other. Twins from one tree. isn't clones. It's basically is clones. And but okay, so the original twins, maybe they're not clones, but when you take them and copy them again and print the same twins over and over and over again for the rest this of the This isn't like the fucking prestige, Chloe. You can't this isn't you're not you can't just make new babies because you glue a baby to another baby. <laughs> okay, so it's <laughs> I I feel like you're really not getting this. <laughs> I am going to fail you. <laughs> so so you're you're coming at me like I'm coming at you with some like lies or something, but this is this just feels like a lie! Okay. Go ahead and Google our Granny Smith Apples clones. Just, it's an open book test. Google it. I'm Googling it. <laughs> All right. When it comes to Granny Smith Apples, in order to ensure that specific characteristics will endure, like their sweet tart taste mm -hmm. and texture, cuttings are grafted onto branches to provide exact mm -hmm. duplicates of the mother plants. Yep. Meaning these apples are another example of fruit clones. They are clones. That's exactly what I told you. You graft them onto on top of new ones and they're fruit clones. But how... If that's true, why don't I just take a baby and graft onto a person? <laughs> why can't I just works. take it? If I take a, if I take a, if I take the people the, are more complicated I, than plants. Okay, so listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you take a baby, uh -huh. you take a baby, and uh -huh. it's not yet a baby yet, and it splits into two babies. Like you know how identical twins are formed because yes. one of the eggs yes. splits into two eggs yes. with the same yes. DNA. Okay. Now if I take that and I take it out and then I cut it and I make two more and I just clone it again and I just keep doing that infinitely then I can just make infinite of the same baby no it's it's because it's because of uh here, here's the problem we we are grafting the plant before it is allowed to like to like to like make seeds make apples make fruits these babies aren't making new seeds Chloe so you want to like take like like the the like embryo I'm saying if you splits. have an egg if you have an egg that is split into twins and you yeah. can somehow make a, find a way to force it to split again and again and yeah. again and again I can just literally just make people. the same genetically like the exact same person yeah 
I mean, but, like, we get into, like, nature versus nurture, and then there's, like, conditions in, like, the womb and everything. Like, like not all Granny Smith apples will be the same because, like, like, the conditions of their growth probably aren't the same, right? But they all start at the same point. They all started from the same tree. They're clones of each other. Whether the clones succeeded and and became exactly like 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 a different one of it, that's that's conditional. Okay, so now we're getting like nur- nature versus nurture talk, yeah. right? And it's like okay, like even identical twins grow up to be different people mm-hmm. because of different situations, yeah. and like environmental blah blah blah, and developmental this why, stuff. This is why you have a lot of like like. Uh, like identical twin studies and why that's really important mm-hmm. because you can remove nature from the the, the, the facet of, of what's going on and focus exclusively on nurture or alternatively you can find commonalities despite different environments and associate and attribute that to nature and I'm all for that but they're not clones are they? They're clones I'm googling this You just googled it <laughs> I'm googling this Are identical twins Clones. Identical twins have the same DNA as each other, sure, sure, but different from their parents. A clone, however, has only has one parent and has exactly the same DNA as that parent. So, no, they're not clones. Because they don't have the same DNA as their parents. A clone has to come from a, a entity and become the new entity. Yes. So, like, I guess... I guess I see how that can relate to apples. Yeah. Because you're using the same thing for the apples. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But identical twins aren't clones because they yeah. don't have the same parent as their the single the same DNA as their single parent. Yes, but the fruits they are clones. <sighs> Why can you clone a sheep but you can't clone a person? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know a lot about cloning sheep. I just know about cloning fruits. Why can you clone a fruit, but you can't clone a person? Because it's it's really, like, easy. Plants aren't that complicated. Whereas people, they're more complicated. Like, barely. I've known a few plants. I've known a few people. They're about the same. <laughs> Why don't you work on, on how to clone people with your new your newfound knowledge? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, isn't that interesting, though, about the bananas? Like, the banana flavoring and candy and stuff? Like, it's, it's an extinct banana. I think this one hurts me more than any of the other ones. Oh, my gosh. Really? I thought this one, you'd love this one. I thought you'd be so excited about this one. <laughs> so, like, all apples are just, all Granny Smith apples are just the same apple. I mean, no. Some are, like, like again, it's nature versus nurture. Like, Okay, like, you're right, because, nur- like, nature, sure, but then nurture is, like, where did they grow? How, how, how did they grow? What side of the tree were they Was there a drought? Did they get picked? Like, yeah. All right. Did bugs bother them? Like, some are, there's some higher quality Granny Smith clones out there. So what you you're the telling good me is that thanks to the magic of development, even clones are unique. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> Chloe, you can't. What if? What if? What if there's better Granny Smiths out there? That's that's what it. That's what it comes down to. Is like, what if? What if we just let them be different? What if we let them be different? And then <laughs> by doing so, we got better ones. We could by by stunting their growth. You know what? You know what? You know why this bothers me? It bothers me because 
it goes against core principles of my like respect for change and growth mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. people and to relegate all granny smiths all bananas to starting back over it's, it's square one every single life cycle they get it's a regression like, cycle what what are they supposed to learn that how are they supposed to get better how are they supposed to get juicier and tastier and and, and better tasting this is why is this why i don't like fruit do I not like fruit because they keep they won't let it grow and be better? Do I not like fruit because I'm I'm dealing with these inferior decade old <laughs> versions? Like technology, we let technology advance. Why don't we let fruit advance? Oh, I can't get into this. Man, I'm really glad I didn't get into how all zo- oranges are just zombies. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> we don't have time for this. <laughs> all oranges are zombies, and I won't, if, if no, you wanna, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't care if I pass your class. We're done. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to our show. Oh my gosh. I hope this wasn't too boring for you. Uh, I did learn a lot. I, and I learned something I wish I didn't. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my topic made you so sad. Also, I thought people were going to, I was like, yeah, well, I'll teach her something. I thought they were going to be like, oh, we'll teach her common sense stuff. No, all of our very unique and fun, like, housemates chose their very specific interests <laughs> in very complicated ways to express them to you. I don't think there was a simple concept among them. <sighs> I'm sorry. I mean, granted, you did choose fruits are clones. Like, that's not a common thing to know. No, but it's interesting, right? Right. Yeah, they're all interesting, yeah. Chloe. I, I, don't think interesting. Any, I don't think any of us could have helped it. I hope it was good for the listeners. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening to our show. Um, if these episodes bored you, I'm really sorry. Chloe will be in diapers next week, and we'll continue our episodes the way that we usually do our episodes. Um, but um, honestly, we we're, we're I'm going out of town like next week, so we had to do this episode a little early, and this mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of uh, this format really works out because we were just gonna skip a week. So um, even if you didn't enjoy this episode, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. I sure hope it's better than nothing. I'm sure it is. Um, if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash Sophie and pudding where patreon.com slash Sophie and pudding. Um, that's where we do things. We probably don't have a little mini episode this week. Um, we might come up with one when I, when I get back from my trip and mm-hmm. like maybe release a little bit late, but usually if you're on our Patreon, you can listen to these exclusive mini episodes. If you're curious what the, um, the chirping noise in the background was in episode <laughs> 132, we talk about that on last week's, um, mini episodes so uh you can you can join us on our patreon for that twitter is at the usual bet if you want to find us there and if you want to email us and you want to tell us how we should absolutely never send sophie to preschool again um (laughs) or if you want to say that you want more classes for sophie uh please do so by emailing us at the usual mailbox at gmail.com I have been talking for like two and a half hours and I'm really tired and (laughs) I want to go to bed now. So thanks for listening. Uh, Thank you, uh, Mimi, for help with our theme song. Thank you, Juice, for a wonderful cover art. You can find it at patreon.com slash juiceboxart. And thank you, Kimmy, for last episode's uh, kind of introduction to my class stuff. I I had had a really good time with that. Um, and thank you to my household and all my friends who helped participate in this, these episodes to teach me cool new concepts, um, and some that will scar me for life. And it's not even the, the horror, the horror ones that scar me. It's, it's the fact that all, all fruits don't, they're not real anymore. And yes, we just they manufacture are. them.
They're so real. We just make them. We just make them ourselves because that's what we want. I'm gonna take you to an apple orchard. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to our show. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.